0: Hello everyone, welcome back to the Rumble Over the Thunder podcast, episode number four after a very eventful Veterans Night here at Wisconsin International Raceway. My name is Matt Pannier, joined by probably the new point leader of the Schmitty's Ticket Super Late Models Andy Monday, Dan Strong, who is our engineer, who was drinking a sun drop in front of me last week. Dan, you're not hiding any cherry sundrops, are
1: you?
2: No, absolutely uh, okay. not. Like, okay. You... And I
1: need to bust Dan's balls a little bit here. Um... So, looking at your Facebook page, in your name it, in parentheses, it says "The Chaotic Outlaw." Mm. Yeah. Can you explain how you became the Chaotic Outlaw?
2: So that's linked to my Steam gaming account, which when I linked it was "Chaotic Outlaw." It no longer is, but I can't, for whatever reason, figure out how to get that away. He's Ooh. lying. He's yeah. lying. Likely he leaves it on there.
1: He yeah, he's in a softball purpose. league. It's on the back of his it jersey. Sounds cool. Yeah, exactly. It's okay. This is AOL screen name. This is a judge. This is a yes. judgment
0: free zone. By the way, <laughs> judgment free.
1: Chaotic Outlaw is here with us. Chaotic Outlaw. I like that. And uh, shout out to him. He yes. does several hours of work before this to get much, set up, much more than and you know after to edit this. And me and Matt just come up here and BS. Yeah. And he does all the work behind the scenes. We talk so like we know. What kudos to you. About. You really make this happen.
2: Uh, it's a pleasure. I mean, getting the word out here. It, it that's what we do. I mean, this is a fun place to be. I love coming out here. I want to get more people out here to share the fun with.
0: Good crowd tonight too, especially yep. week after uh, the white race. Usually, sometimes we have some issues getting fans here, but I am I'm a huge fan of the Throwback Thursday. Pricing. Yeah, do you think th- the ten dollar th- admission helps. really gets the people? <coughs> the wink, night. wink. Ten dollar admission. Look at that. It's, uh, it's probably a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, let's jump right into it and talk first about the Slinger Nationals. Andy, I owe you
1: donuts. Time of Jesky. Where are you going to buy him from? what, fourth in that? Yeah, yeah. He uh, he got sent to the back twice. There yep. was an early yellow stack up in one and two, and then uh, he had got back to the lead and looked like he was going to be on cruise control and then a uh, fellow by the name of Bubba Pollard, Bubba. who maybe a lot of people listening to this maybe haven't heard of, but he's kind of your, your uh, king guy down south for super right. late racing. And it was fun to watch because uh, he was like a straightaway behind, and then all of a sudden... Fifteen car lengths became twelve, and then eight, mm-hmm. and then four. And it took him a good thirty laps to do it. And then, uh, when he got there, he just kind of rode on Ty's bumper, waiting for him to make a mistake. And you could see Ty getting looser. Um, took his opportunity, got the lead. Um, and then on that yellow um, at the end, when they doubled him back up, uh, Ty got a run and tried to sneak back underneath them, and that didn't work out. But. Uh, hats off to Ty for tapping out on that gentleman's agreement, and uh, Bubba Pollard gets the win.
0: Yeah, we don't want to harp on it too much, but were you there last year when Bubba
1: Pollard made his first appearance at the Slinger Nationals? I was, and uh, he looked very distraught <laughs> for a guy who's won several $10,000, $20,000 to win races to come up here and be in the semi feature and have to get in the race by provisional. He looked like a fish out of water.
0: I, wrote, I so. read somewhere that uh, he had – said he was preparing for about three months for this race uh, and i would believe it bubba pollard's the kind of guy that doesn't uh, fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me i'm not coming back to look like a fool and he certainly did not
1: no and he didn't and and even if that contact wouldn't happen with ty you know i think bubba would end up winning that race because he just had so good drive off and that car was hooked up and um yeah we had a little friendly uh, conversation in the pits uh the crew guys and stuff on dasso's team who i was helping we were we were laughing that uh, if Ty didn't tap out on that deal, and him and Bubba went toe to toe, I think there's like an unfair weight advantage there. Mm. I don't. I was I don't thinking think that about that ended well. I was thinking about for, that myself. Ty, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, that would have been like uh, one of the Luchadors going against a heavyweight. You know, uh, Andre the Giant versus scud Webb? Yeah, it wouldn't have been good. Yeah, it wouldn't have been pretty. Been ugly. But uh, anyway, into things. Did anything happen tonight? You know, we're recording this on Thursday night, just a couple of minutes after everything is closed up.
1: Did what
0: happened tonight? Uh, Andy? I think a couple of cars
1: just went in circles, turned left, and they pulled it in at the other night. I don't know. Some Max guy won. He might be joining us up here tonight. Well, we got him right next to us, Maxwell Schultz.
0: First off, before we get into all of the craziness that happened in front of you on the last lap and prior to that, congratulations on the win. How good does it feel to get back to victory lane? Thanks. It
3: feels uh, it feels good. Um. Had a rough year so far. Um a lot of little most well, I shouldn't say rough year, but just a lot of little gremlins we've had to deal with. So get a win. It's always nice, expecting especially when you want one earlier in the year, you know. So uh
0: get that win and keeps you keeps you ready for the next six weeks to finish out the year. So sometimes it's not the worst thing to be in third on the last lap, is it? We had <laughs> Jeff Van Outenhoven leading little Bennett, tracked him down, he was looking inside. Van Outenhoven was shutting the door didn't want to make things too easy on Lowell. And hey, when you're the leader, you're going to try to defend your ground, but things broke loose, broke even, went crazy going into three and four. Lowell tried to stuff it in there. Jeff didn't want him there, and they both end up going into the wall out of turn four and you squirt through Max. What did you see there?
3: Well, I saw it all it was brewing for a long time. Um there was about six to go they kind of got closed down to one and i i didn't think you know they were gonna actually make contact i really thought jeff was gonna be able to hold them off and then when we got the white flag went into one and i come off two and i just had this gut feeling in me and i'm like i this wasn't gonna end well for the <laughs> front two guys and uh so like halfway down the back stretch i'm like well if they wreck i win this thing so I backed off early getting into three because um, I was going to finish third regardless if they went direct or not. So I wasn't going to lo- hurt myself by backing off early. And I'm glad I did because I, when I saw the contact and then we actually, it was, it was closer than it probably looked by video as far as how close I was actually involved to get into it because when it all happened and Jeff came down the track and they were, they were wrecking and I slowed up enough. And then first mindset is I had to get back to the flag, you know, but and then we realized we go back to the white flag lap. So
0: after that, it was good. And I think there's a little confusion about that, too. I, I heard some of the fans grumbling when you went into victory lane. Uh, what happens by rule? And this is not just a WIR thing or a Fox River Racing club thing. This is short track racing around at least the upper Midwest, mostly around the country. Once that white flag flies, you might as well take that field at that time and look at it. Because if the yellow flag comes out before the checkered flag comes out. There is your finish, less the cars that are involved in the wreck. So the two and the forty-five do go into the tail or to the tail end of the lead lap. I think it ended up being thirteenth or fourteenth. I would have to check the results to be certain. But the third place driver is the one that wins. Fourth place takes second. Fifth place, Andy. I think that was you that ends up third. And then the two cars that were involved, the forty-five and the two. Get scored at the tail end of the lead lap And that like I said is not just a WIR thing that is something that you're going to see At racetracks all around
1: yeah that's exactly right And I know it's confusing for the fans and They want to see uh, cars race back to the Line the checkered flags out all that kind of stuff But um, you know really Max and Chad were kind of clear of it and Then by the time I got there and Stump and Kalmus, we're all kind of Checking up slowing down mm-hmm. so it's it's Really not fair to try to race back And obviously from a safety standpoint um, that's not what you want to do and like you said it's the same rule as several tracks i was at a uh, luxembourg like three weeks ago me and my dad went up there same thing happened in the mod feature first and second place tangled um the third place guy ended up getting around and it was clear he would have won the race but because by rule you know the first place guy spun out it's it goes back to the last completed lap the field's locked and that's the way it is so yeah and like you said, really,
0: it's not fair for the guys back behind because you don't want drivers coming side by side out of four racing of the stripe when you have two cars up in the outside wall. That's not going to end well, and that's really why NASCAR changed that rule. If you remember back a yeah. little while ago, NASCAR used to race back to the back to the line very, for very every dangerous. yellow, yeah. and I think it was Dale Jarrett who got hurt really badly one time, and then they changed that rule. And right. short track racing had already been doing that prior too, so. Uh, a little bit ahead of the NASCAR time. Not really the only controversy in this one. Fast qualifier Bobby Kendall also getting the black flag. And, Andy, you were right in the thick of that one uh, with Pete VanderMolen Jr. kind of going down the middle. Bobby was on the inside. You were on the outside. What was going on there?
1: Yeah, that was uh, that's a tough call to make from an official standpoint. We do have a three-wide rule here at WIR that there's no three-wide racing. Um, and if you're the inside car, that makes it three-wide. Um, They're gonna call it, and they called it on that one. Really, what happened there? Me and Bobby were running side by side, coming in the corner. Um, and when we got there, I got to the outside of the thirty on the right rear, and Bobby got to the left rear of the thirty and just hit him just a little bit. I mean, it wasn't wasn't intentional, wasn't dirty, but he he got into him and got him sideways, and that's what caused Pete to slow up. Um, and at the same time, I shot the outside to go on the outside of. Of him, Kendall tucked it down low, um, and and was three wide and the inside car. Um, I know Bobby was pretty pretty upset with that call, you know, to be disqualified for the, or something like that. You know, he he continued to race and was hoping at the next yellow flag, you know, maybe they would just put him to the back or do something instead of disqualify him from the event altogether. Um, I did see Mark Allen shared a video on Facebook of what happened and um, really kind of what I explained there I think what what might have cleared that up a little bit is if getting down into turn three if Bobby would have would have got on the brakes and let Pete back in there I don't think they would have been aggressive as aggressive with the call and the decision but I mean we've been out here racing Max you know you've been involved with those deals time and again it's it's a judgment call it's sometimes it's called I mean it's you know, you see it in football, you see it in baseball. There's there's things that happen. Uh, that's our rule. They called it tonight, um, and unfortunately for Bobby, he was on kind of the crap end of the stick.
3: I mean, yeah, I've been I've been on the plus side of it earlier this year. Actually, I was coming out of turn two, and it was sort of the same deal. Um, I got underneath Johnny DeAngelis, and then Stroker kind of shot the outside, and uh, you know they let that one they let that one fly and you know I guess you you win some you lose some it's just you know part of the game
1: yeah and usually when they let it slide it they they kind of make that judgment call if one car slows abruptly and the other two kind of split them to get around so if a guy loses control and he's got to gather it up um you know they don't want guys locking up the brakes and then crashing cars behind them you just kind of maneuver around them and go but yeah and that deal that that was a tough call um I know that that uh, didn't go in Bobby's favor, um, but unfortunately, that's uh, that's the way it goes sometimes. And you, you win some, you lose some on that deal for sure. You
0: guys use the term "judgment call" quite a bit there, and obviously, that would fall on the officials. Uh, this is a rule that gets voted on or talked about throughout the offseason every offseason every year is there any way that this could be a little bit more black and white and you can kind of take it out of the officials hands is there any anything else that can be done or is this just kind of the nature of how this rule is going to go
1: the biggest thing i've seen at other tracks or series is you can go three wide but if you cause a yellow doing it you're putting it on the trailer so like in this instance tonight if we had that rule if bobby made it three wide but everybody made it through and nobody wrecked they would have let that go so is that the right way to do it? Maybe. Um, you know, we all have uh, full-time jobs and a lot of money in these cars and and things like that. So um, you don't really want to promote three-wide racing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's gonna it's gonna wreck more stuff. It's gonna you know maybe cause some people to get hurt. Um, we're going pretty fast <laughs> enough as it is out there. So that's the reason the rule is in place to begin with. Um, but it is tough to. Um, put that on the officials and the flag man and the angle they're looking at and did he slow abruptly, did he not, did did the 10 car make it three wide high, Did it, was it the 11 on the bottom, um, but yeah, that's, like I said, you know, football pass interference, you know, you, right, right. you get, it's, it's just the way it is. In hockey, yeah. yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. and uh, we did have a few armchair flagmen down in the stands. I was hearing the cheering and jeering, and uh, if those persons <laughs> would like to step up, We're always looking for people to help out here as officials at WIR. So feel free to uh, put yourself into the running. I know I wouldn't want to do it. I've got to do it in the Tundra Series. I have to be that jerk, and it's not a fun job. I can guarantee
1: you that much. Yeah, everybody's very passionate about this sport. We have obviously a lot of hours and a lot of crew guys that put in hours and stuff in it. So when things like that happen and even... Going back to what happened with Lowell and Jeff, there was a little scuffle in the pits over by the scales mm-hmm. after that. Um, you can just see the emotions and stuff boiling over. And, you know, I think a lot of that with the, the 45 team, the, the season they've had. The motor, frustrating. Yeah, you know, f-
0: Super frustrating. Things with the car
1: and, yeah. and anything else. And tonight was their night. That they were running good. They're leading the race. We're going to win here. And then that happens. Um, you just see, you know, the emotions come out and, and things boil over there. So. Yeah, it, it's just been a tough year for them. That's the second week in a row
0: that the car looks exactly the same with the nose torn off. Uh, I know we've got the Circle Track logos on there. I'm starting to feel bad, like they're getting misplaced each yeah, and they're every they're not week. coming on my car, if that's the case. Uh, we hey, we've keep got, those. hey, we've got Circle Track logos on the guy that I'll won at i Wa- put Stock Car Magazine on mine. My- oh, we own that, so don't oh, worry about that. <laughs> yeah, a okay. uh, guy with a Circle Track logo <laughs> won at Wausau tonight, so it's not all bad luck. Let's go back to Max and – we want to talk a little bit about your season max you know you've had your ups and downs uh what what kinds of things do you do to just break through those slumps if you're having a bad year how difficult does it to just keep coming back every week and you know you take one on the chin you come back you take it on the chin again next week how do you fight through something like that oh uh, that's kind of a tough question mostly it's
3: you do it because Is it of your love for your sport. Stupidity. It's, it's, it's there's a, there's <laughs> so the stupidest fun you'll ever have. Yeah, stupidity. I think it's mostly you know we got we had our ups and downs and then last we got tore up and like I kind of said in the winter interview we were we were not planning on coming back this week we I I do about uh, I'd say about ninety five percent of the work on the car myself so I just I was starting to have you know enough of it enough working on it season becoming a drag and I just. Things happened it didn't work out but then I went golfing on Friday and then I realized I haven't gotten much better at golfing so I decided <laughs> I might as well stick with the thing that I somewhat know what to do so uh has got the car all fixed up on Saturday and back out here but it's you just dig down deep I mean we're all we're out here because we're competitive and we wouldn't be out here if we weren't and it's just that competitive fire that you know, beginning of the year you set forth, say, "Hey, I'm going to run all year. I'm going to run for a championship." And at the end of the day, you don't want to be a quitter. So you just, you know, dig down, put the hours in, make sure she's right, and come out here and live to fight another day. Talk
1: about uh, talk about uh, your relationship with uh, your crew chief. He's got a few laps around this place and has won some races. How uh, working with Brett Piantec on your team? How does uh, how do you guys work together, and how's that relationship in last we- couple of seasons?
3: we work really good together. I mean, that thing, it, it was all by chance that him and I are even working together. Um, I just happened to be at lunch one day. I saw he had his cars for sale after the last year he ran and we went and looked at it. we really weren't looking to buy, you know, any race cars. And we just got to talking and this led to that. And this led to that. And then we ended up purchasing his car that he ran last and he's like, well, I'll come on and help. And last year we were only going to run part-time and turn into a full season. And, me and Brett get really long. We had our, you know, it's kind of funny, a couple of years ago, the same thing that happened tonight happened a couple of years ago with me and Brett, and uh, <laughs> kind of laughed out in the pits tonight, so we had our runs, run-ins on the track, so we weren't sure how it's going to work, but him and I actually kind of drive very similar, so it, it, it works, and Brett's a sharp guy when it comes to the cars. Um, I don't think he always got kind of got the credit that, you know, he deserved back in the day when he ran for what he knows, and so it, it's been a good, you know, good thing it's rolling,
1: and. Hopefully, hopefully we can finish her out. And you guys have similar backgrounds too, both running mid-am stuff and 141 days and, and just different things like that. So um, definitely a lot of uh, years of experience between the two of you. Um, new left-hander car, what was that, a couple of years ago that they built that one? Yeah, I think they yeah
3: they built that one brand new in fifteen, and then we purchased it. They ran it that one year, and then he decided uh, he just didn't want to, you know, give up the wheel and didn't want to drive anymore, so we purchased it. So it's got, yeah,
1: a couple years on it, but... He keeps telling me he's just, he's going to go fishing. He's, I hear that too. He gets I, out of racing. I'm, I'm going fishing. I, yeah. Well, I don't, here he is at the racetrack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he,
3: uh, he's he's got to work on the car a lot less. So he, uh, he went and got a different bolt this year and he's fishing more than he would, I think, <laughs> if he's racing. <laughs> but uh, I seem to be able to pull him off the water at least one day, one day a week to come out here and. You know, help me go around. Well, simple. maybe his
1: fishing experience went with well, like your golf experience, and he figured out, oh, you know what, I'll just go back to that. <laughs> From what I
0: understand, he's a pretty successful fisherman. I've seen a few uh, pretty nice pictures there on, on Facebook. with Brad.
3: Angles are everything. Yeah, if you oh, hold the fish true. way yeah. out in front of you. <laughs> there you go. Okay. It, I mean, it
2: could do the whole <laughs> See, thing. See,
0: I don't know much about fishing, so. Cat I. fishing, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you asked me all about that. But, uh, you know, much like Dan with his chaotic stuff there, but we won't
1: get too far into that. Yeah, is that like Call of Duty or something you play, or what is that? Yeah, what are you playing on Steam? Yeah. Oh, uh,
2: no, I just I don't know. I used to play a lot of Counter Strike, but I don't play anymore. So, because I'm I'm always too busy out here at the track.
1: It's I don't even know. What, I don't even far. know what that is. I'm Racing. so old. We played like Duke Nukem or something way back in the day, or Zelda, the I, Gold I, Game. For oh my goodness! Nintendo. Yes. Ooh, yes, Zelda. baby. <laughs> Yeah. That gold know. game's worth like $200 or something, I know, something, right? Yeah. I
0: wasted so much of my life on Pokemon back when I was a little kid. Like, <laughs> <ooh>. <laughs> Wish I could have a few of those days back. Yeah, hey, Max, speaking of being a little kid, now, when I was playing Pokemon, I was watching you. Well, I think this I probably was still a little too old at the time, but I remember you. Starting your career, hobby stock, 141 Speedway, correct? Tell me a little bit about how you got into racing. At least I remember you taking that step. Maybe there was a little something before that. Yeah,
3: originally, I started go-kart racing when I was eight down in Elkhart Lake, down at Road America. There was a different track down there. It's gone now. But we started out there. I got started in that just because my dad was racing. He started racing, actually, the year I was born. And uh, so I've just it's always been in me. And then he ran out here for a couple of years. So it just... Uh, you know, worked out just a natural step of son of a race car driver to start driving race cars, and so yeah, we ran go cars for a little while, and we jumped up to the full body stuff at 141, and uh, ran that for two years. And you know, we just always looked at this is where we wanted to, you know, be. You want to try to get to the top, and and how old were you at the time? You were pretty young. right? I was sixteen. Okay. sixteen when I jumped the super late. Was it too big of a jump? And eh, who knows? But uh, we worked ourselves worked our way into it, and I guess it's paying off.
0: Um. Just getting along to uh, the Joe Verdigan article that I was reading this week. Uh, obviously, Joe does so much for the Fox River Racing Club and for racing RWI. at Our big thanks going out to him. Uh, tell me about that Mid American wreck that really kind of almost changed the path of your racing. Yeah,
3: when that that night it had was a white race heat race. I was probably
0: calling that one. When was that? Yeah, you
3: were because that was when that was the year. That was the first year after when uh, Doug and Julie took it over. Okay, so, it so was that would been oh six or 07 Okay. So I don't know if you were helping or not. Uh,
0: yeah, you know what? That, that was, was actually that was actually the first time I announced Super Late Models here at Wyr because I was here for the red race. That was my first ever time announcing here. And then the white race, uh, the announcer couldn't make it, so they said, well, why don't you just announce the whole thing? And I said, okay, yeah, cool. I've always wanted to. <laughs> so, yeah, now, now I'm vaguely starting to remember that night. I remember totally I called him Mike Schrader, not Mark Schrader. So that was about my worst memory of that night. No wonder why he doesn't race here anymore. Yeah, I know. I chased him away. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Ten, you years, know, 10 years later, I finally chased him away after I screwed up the game <laughs> in the first night.
1: And when you see people have a wreck like that, that uh, when they're young and they're first skating into the sport, some of them uh, just walk away completely. Um, what was it after that that kind of kept you going? Did you, did you have any thoughts of like, holy crap, this this could have been really bad. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Or were you just all in at that point?
3: I think I was all in. I don't know if I was smart enough at that point to realize, you know, worse things could happen. You know, it had up in the stands in here inside the car, I mean, it wasn't, might not have been as bad as it looked. You know, it crawled, it rolled over. It didn't go, you know, it jumped up on its roof and it slid for a while, but it didn't go, you know, dump, tumbling and everything else. So it was, you know, it wakes your eyes up like, you know, something something can go wrong, but uh, it really didn't scare me away. Right. I had the super late, and
0: you're 16 and you get to drive fast
3: cars. I wasn't going to give that up yet. Yeah, no doubt.
0: Uh, 2006, obviously kind of before the big wave of the Hans devices and those sorts of things, were you wearing the head and neck restraint at the time? And, uh, what did that do for you inside the race car?
3: Yeah, I had one that was like, start when I was coming in. So I had, you know, I, my parents always put me in the, I always had the safest stuff I can strap into. So i never worry about the safety stuff. Um, so that was, that was never a problem, but I had that and it never, I didn't have my dad flipped one over at Plover and he got beat up pretty good. Went it all, you know, seatbelts and everything. And that day I didn't, when I remember, I just bounced right back and I was
0: all fine. Before we move on here, Max, to uh, some of the other divisions tonight, Uh, how about just some of the folks that make it possible for you to race here every Thursday night at WIR? Uh,
3: You got to thank the pretty much only sponsor. And uh, the other one is uh, Bob's Classic Restoration Auto Body over in Reedsville. You need your car fixed
0: perfect place um i drove through reedsville where is that as i was heading to 141 on 10 don't it's blink. right on 10 don't blink it is right on
3: 10, it's, it's, right on 10. It's, it's right on 10 you know you know the village the village hall might be off 10 but yeah you drive through there you know if you drive through on 10 you'll see the you see the hauler and then you okay. drive through take a look to the right you'll see a gas station then you're through but uh then competition especially race engines um stevie does great work for us we've got you know great power with them over the years and I think, uh, mom, dad for, you know, everything they do for, you know, I, I've said for years, I've always said it. I personally cannot do this on my own. Just, you know, I you can't drive super late with, you know, my job and being who I am. So it, uh, I appreciate them, you know, sticking with me and doing everything and it's fun. And from there
0: well congratulations to you and by the way i don't know if you know this but you were the woody signs hard charger tonight as well ding, ding, ding. i That's kind of thought spots. that as i'm walking up here to the interview and i kind of told dan i'm like well
3: i finished first and there's nobody behind me <laughs> that finished ahead of me so i'm like i think i won 50 bucks tonight you so you uh, another did. bonus on the night yep well take it and run yeah
0: <laughs> sticking with the theme of kind of the 141 slash lakeshore drivers you weren't the only one to find victory lane a guy by the name of travis rodewald picked up his second win of the season late models when we caught up with him. Travis Rodewald picks up his second win of the season. Travis, a lot of cautions in that late model race here today. What's it like up there? You're up front, you got a fast car, you know you got one capable of winning, and you just got to keep waiting.
4: What happens inside that car? Well, with all the cautions, your tires start changing, they cool down a little, they pick up some rubber, you don't you just never know what the car is gonna be like when you go in for the next green flag, so uh, We're trying scuffing the tires off and and tonight everything worked out good for us
0: Pretty good run to the front there you get around stroke in the Todd Verhagen car as He was uh, Subbing in for Todd Verhagen tonight. Uh, what was it like getting up to the front? It didn't really take you too long
4: Well stroke actually was pretty damn good on the uh, high side tonight, so uh, it, it actually took a lot of patience and effort on my end to drive the car as clean as I could so that I could beat him because his his car actually was slightly better than mine in the corners. And, and we got a good good car coming out of the corners, so that's how we pulled him off.
0: This has become kind of a typical question for the guys winning the late model features. It's been so competitive out there. You're now the third multiple-time winner on the season. This is your second while picking up the
4: red race as well. What's it been like out there? Uh, you, honestly, you just never know when the caution is going to come out and whether or not there's going to be a wreck in front of us. Everyone is so competitive out there, and everyone wants to win so bad that, that wrecks happen because of that. So uh, we try to run as clean as we can, and we try to keep our eyes peeled watching for... Uh, Spinouts, so that's how we're gonna run the rest of the year and just keep on Working on fixing
0: Getting ready so quite the point battle between you and Jesse Bernhagen It's not only for the
4: rookie of the year, but now it's for the title Did you expect that in your rookie season? I did not expect that I was hoping that I was gonna have a pretty easy rookie season but Jesse Bernhagen is very good and uh Unfortunately, it's going to come down to a championship and a rookie, I do believe, to get it. I want rookie of the year title very badly, so we are going to try to make sure we don't have any DNFs the rest of the year so we can win the championship and the rookie of the year title.
0: All right, so that is our winner, Travis Rodewald, in the Eagle Graphics Late Models. He becomes the third driver to be a two-time winner on the season. Of course, Eddie Munster doing that last week and then the week before. Mike Meyerhofer did it. Andy, before we get into the race itself, you take a look at the late model standings, and the two guys at the top are rookies, Travis Rodewald and Jesse Bernhagen. They've been going back and forth in the point standings. Uh, You're used to seeing a close
1: rookie battle, but for the championship as well? Yeah, it's pretty crazy, and to segue from, you know, Max's interview and stuff, Max with crew chief Brett Piantek, you got Travis Rodewald with Jim Duco Uh setting up his cars. Obviously, he's a prior super late and uh, limited late model track champion here at Kakana, so maybe there's something to that. And as far as Bernhagen goes, I mean, he had the six fast times in a row. Um, I think he dropped a cylinder tonight in the feature. That's why yeah, he slid yeah, something, back. Something wasn't right on but that car. That, that guy shows car. up anywhere, and he is ultra-competitive, very fast. Um, You know, at Dell's Raceway Park, he's winning features. He's doing a lot of stuff, so a lot of talent behind the wheel for him, and that's going to be a pretty good battle coming down the end.
0: Well, what's pretty amazing is usually it's just him and his dad, he and Andy, and Andy was a crew chief for John Zimmerman for quite a while uh, back in the 90s and things. When yeah, Zimmerman I ran was, I ran WCS
1: yeah. with Zimmerman, and... He was a character.
0: Yeah. Oh, still is. I <laughs> Ran into America a couple of weeks ago. He we had a few things to say to me about life. Uh, you get
1: Zimmerman and Stapleman next to each other. Oh, uh, goodness. You're in for a ride. You know,
0: those Central Wisconsin guys are, are wild. I've run into them a few times when I've tried to go to bed early, and it, it just doesn't work out so well when you try that. Probably the roughest late muddle race of the season tonight and it, it wasn't too much that the wrecking or things, but I mean, you know, you had Mike Meyerhoffer blow a radiator hose off of the car and uh, you had the big pile up uh, that your brother was involved in over in three and four that sort of caused the melee and then uh, Brazen Bennett, Randy Yeager really with nowhere to go and they end up getting hooked, took a little while to get those guys unhooked uh, just kind of one of those nights to, to forget, I would say, in the late models. I mean, it wasn't terrible. The racing up front was still good, but unfortunately the yellow flag just came out a few too many times. Yeah,
1: and similar to last week in the super lates, the, the bad deal of the big wreck in the late models tonight was, you know, a couple guys get together towards the front, but then the guys in the back end up mm-hmm. tore up. your Randy Ager, who's, you know, his rookie year. He's learning with that car. He Getting needs better, to be out there and make yep. laps. Um, not be replacing body panels and have the front end tore off getting tore up in somebody's stuff and from what i understand i was strapped in my car obviously didn't see it um i think uh 36 got down in the corner and and pushed up a little bit and got into uh the old one and it was on like donkey kong from there Uh and just uh those things happen uh unfortunate and that those cars got wrecked and Um, Probably about, what, a 10-minute red flag, that was? Yeah, it
0: took a while, and it was just to unhook the cars. I mean, it wasn't really too much damage or anything. I mean, Randy Eager drove away.
1: Brazen Bennett came back out. Yeah, Beatty, I think, came out. Yeah,
0: so uh, just sometimes you get those cars hooked just the wrong way, and you have to be really careful when you peel them apart. You would know that, Andy, you know, just the way bars and things will hook and bend and those sorts of things, and hats off to the safety crew. I mean, they did the best that they could to get those cars unhooked and sometimes it's it's not an easy task i've seen that firsthand
1: and shout out to the safety crew too i always think about them when it's hot like it was was, tonight. yeah it was terrible. everybody's like make sure you stay hydrated and Mm -hmm. you know it's gonna be hot inside that car this and that and every time i drive out to practice and qualify i look over at safety truck guys and they've got the yellow seat the, the yellow fire suit head to toe all night long they're like marty mcfly in the delorean you know with the whole roll on, mm-hmm. you know. So it's just, it's um, hats off to those guys for you know taking care of us. And then, of course, on a hot night like this, we make them work their butt off too with a bunch of cleanups. Yeah, don't do that next time. Yeah, no, no, yeah, just no bueno, just... <laughs> no bueno señor. Make it a little easier on them.
0: Uh, <laughs> let's move on to the quarter mile. For the first time in two weeks, we can actually talk about a winner who crossed the line first. Can you edit in a? <laughs> hallelujah, <laughs> <laughs> Craig, de yeah. Vanderwettering ends up winning today and did you get to see this race Andy this was probably one of the better super stock races that we've had this year Dylan Wenzel gave him everything he could handle in the second half of that race it was brilliant to watch
1: yeah and, and it's uh it's a tough tall order to hold off Dylan with how good his his car's been this year unfortunately I didn't get to watch it we were uh doing with a radiator issue ourselves somewhere to Meyerhofer had so um, I was kind of listening as you were announcing it sounded like it was a pretty exciting finish to that um, I don't know five more laps you think the outcome might have been I different? don't think so
0: I think five more laps and it was going to stay the same I okay. mean Weds let every opportunity to go high go low he was he was kind of trying to do the freak out right where you go up <laughs> high going into three and four and then Van Wettering was just running right his line but you go up high enough you can kind of swing it back down low the, the crossover type move and Anytime he did it, Van Wettering was just able to escape. It was it was really good racing. I could have watched another five laps of it. It would have been fun, but I don't know if the outcome would have been any different. Sure. Well,
2: I mean, he even was uh, he was hanging it out up top for a couple of laps, trying mm. to go around him on the high side and nothing. Yeah. Just not your normal, what you would see out of Dylan Wenzel normally is he goes around the high side, that's it, he's mm. in front of you.
0: Yeah, it, you know, it's a, it's a little bit taller order when you get a guy like Craig Van Wettering out front, just because that's a very fast race car. There's a lot of knowledge out there, and Craig's been really good. Uh, you know, he he knows how to do the figure eight thing, too, every once in a while. But, uh, you know, you get yeah, him out there he, in the super stock. He's, he's a solid driver
1: in anything well. he's jumped in. So, yeah, anytime uh, anytime he's in a car, he's a threat to win, no matter what the division is.
0: Absolutely. And uh, Maxwell, who, had, by the way, had to leave us to go load up his car, apparently that's his old super stock. So oh. not a bad night for the, uh, for the Schultz clan. Uh, Wisconsin sport trucks, you know, we gave them some grief last week for not qualifying so well, starting up front and running away. Kyle Quella
1: has to start behind the invert, and he wins. Good job, Kyle. Yeah, that thing What that thing looked pretty good. Um, and even uh, towards the end, you know, Van Horn was coming, and, you know, mm-hmm. I was standing there watching the race and. It, you know He started closing it up down to two car lengths and stuff at the end, and he had a run I think maybe with two or three laps to go down in one and two, right. and it looked like Kyle shut the door, and, and that was that. That was kind of the move that, that won that race, and um, again, rookie guys running up front good. Nate Brantmeyer I think. Another good run for him. Second, yep. like, the whole race, and then um, I think he got bounced maybe back to sixth or something towards right. the end when I think Vander Moss and Berg kind of got up there at the end, and um, in the heat race, we had one go on, on its side, side and yeah. go into the pit area. Almost. No, that was,
2: that was at the beginning of the feature. Was race was at the beginning of the it feature. Was the very, fr- okay. they didn't even complete a lap. Yeah,
1: That was, uh,
0: this time it was Jason Plutz. Yeah. Scared. What do we got to do to keep these things on all four I, I wheels? I don't know. I mean, last week, Jordan Fisher and now Jason Plutz and he, that, maybe that's thought, tough, because he's a fast truck. Maybe he too.
1: thought Jordan was showing off by doing yeah. it, and then he got on the podcast. So he's like, you know what? If I throw mine <laughs> on the side, maybe they will ask me to be on the podcast. Yeah, if you're not going to win, be spectacular, right? Isn't
0: that what they say? <laughs> Isn't that
1: that the saying? Yeah, unfortunately for Jason, he wasn't able to continue. Um, Jordan was last week after the heat race. He was able to run the feature, so I don't know how bad that truck got tore up, and you know, hopefully he's all right and stuff and not too mm-hmm. much work to do, because... He's still hanging up there pretty tight in the points, too. I think he's second. Yeah, he's been very good. Very good this season. Very competitive
0: field again in the Wisconsin Sport Trucks. And, hey,
1: Kyle Quella maybe chopped away a little bit. at uh, at
0: The the cold trickle paint scheme, two in a row. It's good luck, man. It's that mellow yellow vibe, I'm telling you. Uh, In the Sizzling Force, a second-time feature winner, the lady of the field, one of the ladies of the field, Heather Wolfgram
1: by point (laughs) zero zero nine. Seconds. On the high side. Yeah. Of all things.
0: Unbelievable feature finishes on the quarter mile tonight. And that one, you know, that's the last one on the quarter mile. And you start thinking, okay, super stock race was awesome. The sport truck race was awesome. How can this four-cylinder race hold up to this? And, well, they just go out and do that. And not only that, but she, it took her a little while to get up to second, too. I mean, she took second and she went right on the attack to go uh to the outside of ethan Beatty, and just like we said earlier in on one of the podcasts i think it might have been our first or second one where we said you know if we're gonna look at a driver that's really improved a lot this season you can't look much further than 50
1: yeah that's that's really good you know the work they've put into that car and stepped on the plate that is um you know a top three sizzling four car out there this year very very successful and um I didn't catch all this race, but you made it very dramatic for us out in the pits because, uh, you know, the affiliation with, with Heather and the Vandermolen uh-huh. team. We pit by them. Yeah, him. you do pit next to And uh, we're listening to you, and it's coming down to the final laps, and they come through three and four, and we can kind of see, but we can't see, so we're waiting for you. And they come across the line, and all we hear is silence from Matt. Ah, uh, yes. And I'm looking at Tiny and, and uh, Dean Metco on the team, and they're all standing there. They're standing by the 30 team, and they're just waiting for it. And then they hear... Fifteen got the win, and the whole <laughs> Vandermolen team erupted, cheering, high five. So that was pretty cool. You know, I'd love to tell you that I'm mostly just trying to build
0: suspense there, and partially I am, but I'm also waiting for the official call. So <laughs> I'm walking to the tower, and I don't want to sound stupid, so I just walk. Where's, in, and where's like, that Eman guy we had? Yeah, yeah I'm like, first uh, hey you guys, uh, did you pick a winner yet? What happened there? You know, I see the transponders, but sometimes the transponders are not always official. Um, some places will go by the transponder like they're the Bible. But some places will take a look and be like, you know, that car was ahead at the line, so that's your winner. But uh, this time, it was definitely too close for the eye test and point zero zero nine. I mean, that is an eyelash across the line. That it's very tight.
1: I know um, an eyelash. I know we looked it up years ago. It was the Red Race when Tim Rothi broke the track record. He ran a nineteen zero six six. And we came in second then Yeah, you guys zero... broke.
0: I think you broke the track record right before he came yeah. out and broke it.
1: So I ran a 0.68, he ran a 0.66. And there's a calculator you can put in on a half mile racetrack, two one thousandths of a second to figure out the distance. And that was 3.3 inches. Mm, my goodness. So if you take now on the quarter mile and you figure it for 0.9, what is that? I mean, it's. That's got to be about the same. It's, it's crazy, yeah. you know, how close that race was.
0: Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a good one. And then Jeff Will Robbie picking up his second win in the figure eights as well. Congratulations going on to Jeff. The only feature that went green to checkered <laughs> was the figure eights this evening. Actually, did the four cylinders go green to checkered? No, I think we might have had one caution in that one. My memory's not that great, but we would we would have to go back and check. But I know for certain all the other ones didn't. But gosh darn it, the figure eights did. So congratulations going out to them Dan's gonna go back and check the video here and see what we're doing but um, anyway Andy coming up next week we have a race that I know is pretty important to you we have the Bruce Miller Memorial. okay we're checking the video we did we did have a yellow okay so thank goodness uh we have a race that is very important Johnny to you. on the spot yeah we have the Bruce Who's Miller uh the uh, 45, 45. Okay. Jordan Schumacher yes Got Bruce it. Miller Memorial next week Andy tell me about it
1: yeah, Bruce was a great guy. Um, obviously helped a lot of us, including myself here, local racing, um, similar to what Max said earlier um, about his parents. Um, I wouldn't be racing super lates um, here if it wasn't for Bruce. Um, you know, when when I started racing, it was in the sport truck division. We moved up to the limited late models, had some success there, won a championship. Um, and then I raced uh, my first year in super lates with Mike Butts. Um, after that season, you know, we decided to go different directions and we wanted to buy our own, um, super late car and there was no way we could buy the car and buy a motor, um, to do it. Um, so I had a conversation with Bruce and he wanted to continue to see WIR thrive, the super late class, continue to have cars. Um, and he started kind of what was unprecedented in asphalt super late racing, which was a lease program um, where guys could lease an engine for a season from them, um, and, you know, get things taken care of. And, um, you know, there were probably six, eight, 10 racers, um, that were leasing motors that couldn't afford them. And he was helping keep Kakana alive and going and the super late class going. So, um, all around great guy. Um, still talk to, to Mary once in a while. Um, she'll be out here with the girls next week, um, for the Memorial race and, uh, it's pretty special to do for Bruce. Um, since he passed away, Donnie has kind of taken over at BMB and and continued that legacy that Bruce left behind and um, really impacted a lot of us racers. You know, I know that night will be special, f- special for uh, Jeff Van Oanhulven, Pete Vandermolen, um several guys in the pits that, that had that connection with Bruce. And, you know, I tell this story all the time, but, um, you know, I used to always stop out to b once or twice a week. Um, just during the week and, and shoot the bull with Bruce And a lot of times we weren't even talking about racing. You know you would be talking about a trip you we went to Florida and what they went out to eat and what the guys did after the bars and you know just y- kind of learn more about life and just things in general than just racing stuff. and he, he's had that impact on a lot of people. So this is a pretty special race and, and this was a, a pretty uh, pretty important one for a lot of people in the pits next Thursday.
0: Yeah, and uh, not just Kaconic guys either. I mean, you talk about Andrew Morris. He still runs his B&B power. Uh, Dan Fredrickson was a B&B guy for a long time. Steve Carlson was a good friend. So Bruce impacted a lot of racers, a lot of good racers. And just of note, next Thursday is the last Thursday before the Dixieland. I was talking to a couple of the guys at the Slinger Nationals, Austin Nason's team, namely, and it sounds like they're going to be coming up here using the Thursday race kind of as a gauge to see where they're at for the Dixieland and you get 75 laps, it's 2,000 a win, it's 500 to start. This could be one of the bigger Thursday night events coming up here next
1: Thursday. Yeah. And we saw it last year too, Um, the, the Thursday before the Dixieland, we had Noah Grayson here and mm-hmm. Spencer Waters and you had some extra cars and, and guys, you know, similar to Bubba Pollard we talked about earlier that kind of have their, their stuff together and their game going. So, um yeah it'll it'll definitely be cool i know um i talked to ty's dad at B actually last week i saw ty's dad he was picking up some stuff because ty runs a B as well uh, majeski unfortunately he wanted to be here but he's got a schedule conflict with running the nationwide right. yeah. iowa next weekend um, so he won't be able to make it but uh there should be a good field of cars i think what we have 21 tonight Mm -hmm. We should be closer to 28 or 30, I would think. Yeah,
0: I think last year, the race before, which was the Bruce race, we had 29 super late models here. Uh, So, yeah, very likely that we're going to have another good uh, car count. And the quarter-mile late models are going to be back on hand as well. So uh, an extra class, Um, 6.45 start time, normal admission prices, all kinds of good stuff. FRCRacing.net is the website, or find us on Fox River Racing Club. Busy weekend coming up here. I got a ton of to race here on Saturday. Yeah, how
1: many days? I was, t- I was talking to your dad oh about this when I went yeah. through tech tonight. I'm like, how many days in a row am I going to see a pannier? I don't know. So we were here Sunday doing last week's podcast. We're correct. I seen you Monday as I was leaving Slinger because mm-hmm. you got there later than I did. Obviously, we were both there Tuesday. Tuesday. We're here tonight. Right. You might... Maybe see me Saturday. I'm kind of up I, in the air. I'm kind of hoping,
0: you know. You just got to let me know this tomorrow so we can kind get of get
1: kind of getting sicky a little bit though. Are you? Well, you know,
0: at least you should show her in between all these races. I, I do, man. Shooting. Like this is this is my ninth <laughs> day at a track out of the last ten. Yesterday I was just like, screw it. There's no way I'm going to find a race here on a Wednesday. The closest thing I think I could have done was Rockford. and apparently
1: Or, or Dell's practice or something. Yeah,
0: apparently the tornado <laughs> sirens were going off on Wild Wednesday at Rockford. I, I heard that story. I decided against it. Eldora would have been a neat place to go. I did watch that on TV. Uh,
1: but, I was going to watch that, but was there something goofy with the TV channels? Like the qualifying on, was on this, and yeah, the they were on, were on Fox that, and the race Business. was on this. Fox Business? Who has that? Do you have Fox Business is it like a stock market channel or what's what's going I'm on thinking I I probably
0: had it somewhere on DirecTV no. but I didn't watch
2: I am pretty sure I have it well, at least I think I do I don't know I wouldn't watch that I'm not a business guy I'm a tech guy
1: so <laughs> Chase Briscoe went for a wild ride though I
2: heard.
0: did yeah. I, I you know I watched uh, I'll admit I watched the heats I went to uh, had dinner at my parents' house and we watched the heats and what you I have left we had tacos it was taco wednesday really taco tuesday a day late just because you know my dad and i were at the nationals what time did you get back home from the nationals by the way Andy? we
1: hightailed it right out of there so as soon as bubba passed the line for the win i went and got my stuff and we got out of there so i got home probably by like 12 30 ish okay not too bad we too got bad. home
0: around 130 okay which is tough you know
1: uh for me
0: as a circle track magazine editor uh I can kind of make my own hours, so not a big deal. I don't know how my dad made it back to me. He, you know, he's he's nuts, man. He'll go open up the There's shop. There's a little rainstorm 30. on the way home, oh, too. we that, hit it. We hit yeah. it, too. Did you?
1: Yeah, he had to slow down to about 40 or 50. Yeah, it was pretty yeah, it was nasty. Pretty nasty, that's for sure. Well, But the people don't care about that. Listen to this. They don't no, really care about our No, drive- they probably stopped already. Yeah. They just want to know what we're going to talk about next. There's some other podcasts I listen to. They just say, just download, but you don't have to listen. So just download for us so right. we can up the numbers and mm-hmm. all that good stuff to show people someday. But you or fast forward. Yeah, this you don't part. really have to listen. I don't know how that all works, but yeah, Dan uh, might edit this or he might not. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should in this part we should start entering
0: secret phrases or things like that and wait for people to come up here to, to like win if prizes. we say
1: words and they play it backwards, like right. Disney movies. Like this week's mystery driver is Mickey Shally. He just turned forty last weekend. Did he really? Way. He doesn't look forty. Yeah. He he, look he's over here. the hill. Wow.
0: Mm mm-hmm. hmm. The mixture. I say that because you got the Darboy corner store shirt on, and you know Mickey
1: and Mickey. Patty and Larry listen to this podcast. Yeah, and Mickey went and he I'm, I'm going to run. Uh, I'm going to run a five k race with Larry on uh, Saturday up at Lambeau Field. So oh my goodness, fun. man! Now I'm my sides are cramping up thinking about running a race. I don't even want to. Well, wanna I gotta. Get there. I gotta wear off the donuts you owe me <laughs> from the <this> singer. <international, laughs> well, yeah. So.
0: Okay. Well, we'll get them to you. <laughs> By the way, this is about the time when we can get into our tech tip. And Andy, you want to talk about? Bump steer.
1: Yeah, since we had Max on tonight and we're talking super late, um, bump steer. What is it? What what is this term? Why do we do it? What Can I is... be a hundred
0: percent honest with yeah. you? Yeah, I'm going to be hundred percent honest with you. And I, I it's a, this... it's a farce. I well, no, I'm not going to get there. <laughs> I just. Bob Bolus writes all kinds of articles on this, and they're very good, but they are so far over my head because Bob is a very technical guy. He's very good at that. I've read his bump steer articles, and I'm still trying to make heads and tails of a lot of this. So if you could please so you explain to a-
1: me what bump steer is. Do you want a bump steer for dummies book? Is that what we oh, need? Oh, I could use it, man. Then Bob and I could talk. We could talk a little bit more. I could use a really? race
2: car for dummies if you've got just that. Just a general? Yeah, yeah, just a general.
1: Well, I'll tell you what I know a little bit about bump steer. So um, bump steer, in a nutshell, is checking the car's toe. Do you know what the toe is? Yes. So how far the wheels are pointed outward or inward, Mm. depending if you're in or out. It's checking that through the travel of the suspension. So you guys are up here watching. You see the cars go into the corner, and the nose dives down, and the sparks fly up if the crossmember hits and stuff. That's what we're checking when we do bump steer is how much is that toe changing when the front end goes down going in the corner. And if it's towing in where the front wheels are are pointed in towards each other, the car isn't going to turn because the tires are fighting. They're Mm -hmm. they're scrubbing sideways instead of pointing the right direction. Um, Most most teams run about a 16th or an 8th inch of of toe out. And then when you do your bump steer, we want to try to keep that within that same range, you maybe gain another 16th of toe out or an eighth at the most, um, but you never want it to tow in because then your, your wheels are not pointing the way you want them to be when you're turning the corner. It causes handling issues, obviously tire wear issues. Um, really how the bump steer is checked, um, at least this is how we do it on my car, is um, we'll get the car set up, scaled, ready to go, um, and then we'll take some measurements of the front shocks and we'll find out from the shock upper mounting point to lower mounting point what is the distance between that when the car is just sitting there with me in it ready to go Uh, on my car it's like 18 and a half inches. Um, So we'll we'll measure that then we'll pull the shock springs off of the car we'll put in a threaded rod basically that goes in there and acts in place of the shock and then we can travel that suspension up and down and use dial indicators to measure how much that toe maybe is moving in or out, um, how you adjust it is, um, with the tie rods, um, the same way you adjust the but you can, um, move them up and down. They make shims. A lot of guys are running the, um, adjustable end racks, um, on their cars. So it makes it a lot easier to adjust. It's, it's pretty important. Um, I've had times where we've had to replace a rack at the track and then, uh, when you throw it in, your bump steer is off. You know, we've gotten around that by just having six guys come squat on the nose and let's just check it both ways. You know, similar to the video you did with Mm -hmm. Dalton before the tundra race, he was checking toe. Let's just have a bunch of guys pile on the front end like it is going into the corner and let's just check it this way and just see where it's at. Um, One thing from a tech tip standpoint, if there's any drivers or teams listening, I'll share this. This is something I learned on my car. Um, A lot of the bump steer gauges they sell, the one I have is from Longacre, um, they have some measurements on the outer plate that you mount to the hub. Um, and when you start it and you run it through, a lot of guys go three inches of travel um, on this plate because that's typically about how far a lot of these cars travel. Um, when you're measuring it on the outside on the plate, I found it is that measurement is a lot different than what it is on the inside of the sho- by the shock. Um, so what I've changed on my car, um, specifically this year, is running at more inches of travel because almost four or five inches on the outside by the hub on the plate can be closer to two and a half or three inches on the shock. So, um, you know, back to that old measurement, measuring that 18 and a half, I do the same thing when we're doing bumpsters, just measure that distance um, and you can really see what the car is actually doing with the shocks and springs off of it as it's going through travel and identify some issues there. I know uh, a lot of times when I look at Bob's articles, he says something about zero bump steer, and there's no such thing as zero bump steer. Can you kind of explain that to me? Yeah, um, you know when you're dealing with thousandths of an inch, it is hard to get that exactly zero. Um, you can you can play with it, and and I had to do this on my car. I think it was Monday night before uh, where I went to the nationals on Tuesday. Um, we were checking the bump steer and redoing it, and. On the left front you can get it where um you can get it as close to zero as possible Um, but then when you run it through those four or five inches of travel it's going to move on you and if it starts moving in and stays moving in then you want to adjust it so it's going out but then there's there's such a thing as it moving too far out Um, so there's kind of a balance there and a lot of times on mine i kind of sat end up you know settling for a happy medium where i can get it maybe it'll come in like five one thousandths of an inch like through the first inch of travel but then it will come back to zero and then it will come back out say ten or fifteen thousandths through the whole travel so it is a little bit of a game um I kind of drilled a couple holes and, and threaded them on the bottom of my rack so I can thread a fine-thread bolt in there underneath the tie rod heim, and that helps you adjust it a little bit because then you can just turn the bolt and move it up and down. So there's another little tech secret go. if you want to see on the 10 car just for me being lazy and okay, we're gonna not to wanting you. to go under there with my 5 ace and 11 16th <laughs> wrench six times like I did Monday night. We're, we're going to come out there and take pictures and put them <laughs> on
0: circletrack.com. Uh, and by the way, that's not just a super late model, late model thing. That's street stocks.
1: Midnight yeah, they might. I think they can check it, it too, yeah. but it might be a little bit more it, it, difficult. It, yeah, it's a little bit more difficult. We
0: actually did an article on Circle Track where uh, we used the long acre gauge on a dirt street stock. Uh, you can go and find that. It's it's right on circletrack.com. dot nice. com. But uh, so yeah, the the numbers and things are a little bit different than you would see in the super late models and late models. But it's it's something that's done. So yeah,
1: and there's you know there's a lot of different theories out there. Some guys want to run it close to zero as possible. There's other teams that bump out the right front more than the left front. Um, I know some teams do check bumps with the wheel turned, um, so you can get a lot of different readings doing it a lot of different ways, and um, really most teams are doing whatever their chassis manufacturer recommends them to do. Um, but bump steer is one of those things that it's like the last thing you do before the car goes in the trailer so a lot of times it ends up getting done at 12 30 one o'clock in the morning mm. and a lot of times like when I, yeah, when I talk about <laughs> settling that's what i mean by settling because you're like all right it's close enough just just load it up just get it out of here but you can learn a lot if you have an a, a open saturday and you don't have a lot of work to do on your car and you want to throw the bump steer gauge on there and try turning the wheel try leaving it straight Try running it through five inches of trail you might just learn something about your car um and obviously you also want to check and just make sure nothing's binding up with heims and strut tubes and all the other fun stuff that's going on under there so
0: yeah so complicated <laughs> yeah but, but it sounds like you're uh you're getting a handle on it and like i said you know there's uh there's a lot to be learned about the suspension of these race cars it's uh it's it's crazy stuff
1: yeah, and if you're not doing it, the next team is. You know right. that's how competitive it right. is. So you got to do it. You got to be on top of it.
0: Definitely. Uh, well, I think that is about a good place to leave off. Like we said, don't forget next week, Bruce Miller All Star Memorial, seventy-five lap feature event, quarter mile late models will be on hand. Uh, we expect some visitors, and you might have a few more friends to try to pass on your way to the front next week. And uh, we'll see. You know, if anything spills over from this week to next, it uh, could get interesting out there. You just never know.
1: Yeah, and I know, you know, going back to what happened with the 45 and the 2, just to wrap things up, you know, I, I know there was a lot of frustrations and things that happened in the pits, but uh, both those guys are veteran racers. Mm-hmm. They've won here before. Um, I think they'll they'll brush off what happened tonight and come back even stronger next week.
0: Yeah, a little cooling down period always does does a racer good, I would suppose. Well, if you
1: want to ask us
0: any questions for future podcasts, don't forget that we are more than happy to take any of your questions. Maybe you got some tech questions for Andy. You might just have a question about what's going on here at the racetrack. We're more than happy you can hit me on Twitter. I'm at Matt Pannier, at M-A-T-T-P-A-N-U-R-E. Dan, what is your Twitter?
2: Uh, DanStrong95, D-A-N-S-T-R-O-N-G-9-5. I thought
1: it was chaotic outlaw. Huh? No, 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 that's that's the face. My face. That's Steam, baby. AOL Scream name. AOL Scream name. That's what you need.
2: Man, I don't know. I haven't used AOL in ten years, maybe longer. I don't know. Is that where
1: you were in the chat room pretending to be a sixteen-year-old girl? Was that you? No, no, he was just. uh, This has all come full circle. He he was was working
0: (laughs) for uh, what what was the name of that, uh, the thing on, Dateline. Oh,
1: to catch predator.
0: Yeah, he he was helping them out.
1: Is that how that worked? Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. Good. Before we far too fall into, uh, yeah. Before we go too far into the cesspool here,
1: Andy, what's your Twitter? Uh, a Monday ten, uh, basically Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever, all of them. Are
0: you a Snapchatter? I did, am. My, did you ever uh, come and take a Snapchat at the
1: snack shack? I don't. I'm not on there a no? whole lot. Okay. It's like one of those things where I play around with it and I'm on there for like a day, like three or four snaps, mm-hmm. and then I forget about it for like two weeks that I even have it.
2: And you're like, so, oh yeah, I have this uh, thing. But
1: my six-year-old daughter Chloe, she loves it. She uh, loves I'm taking sure the picture and doing perfect. the images, and then she's got the the princess tiara uh, thing on the yeah, top. Yeah,
0: that there, that is the one form of social media I've yet to dive into, and I don't believe I will. I just yeah, you might want to just let that be. I just want to stay yeah. away from that one. I don't I don't really even care too much for social media, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, it's uh, there's there's a lot of stuff that goes on there, and it's. Uh, I don't know. It's just
1: it's too much to take in sometimes, you know?
0: There's a
2: time and yeah, place for I, everything, and yeah. some people don't know that place and
1: time. And I'm sure some of the drama that happened tonight we will see yeah. on social media, and, yeah. and uh, There's I hope people keep it positive and move forward to next week. So Yeah, just remember,
0: we are always taking applications for new officials here at Wisconsin <laughs> International Raceway. So... With that being said, Dan, a big thanks to you. I know you work very hard on this, Andy. Thanks for sticking around here tonight. And a big thanks to all of you again for listening. We hope to catch you again next week on the Rumble Over the Thunder. See you then. Stay out of trouble.